Tonight's episode is brought to you by Dam 3 Canoe and Kayak Rentals, located in Mammoth Springs, Arkansas, survivalfeeling.com, and you, our listeners. All I'm going to say is mistakes were made. Things went south. Pandemonium ensued. It was utter chaos. What is up, all of you wayward souls? I'd like to welcome each and every one of you back to the Wayward Stories podcast. Wayward Stories is the podcast where we specialize in sharing our experiences in the great outdoors out there in the backcountry. And it is intended to be a platform to be sharing your story as well. And we're still looking for those submissions. Do you guys want to hit us up? Waywardstories.com. You can go there, go through the contact form. Or you can do it more directly at mywaywardstory at gmail.com. And by the by, guys, like, you know, I am startup. I am independent artist. All this is my own thing. I get it. Like any of you that have been in the entertainment industry at all understand the idea of shameless self-promotion. Like, by the way, guys, if you want to share your projects if you have a story to tell and you share your story with me and you have an Instagram with all your photography you're into, or if you have an experiential YouTube channel, much like mine is, if you've got your own podcast, anything you guys are doing out there, it's creative to share yourself with the world, include it in the email. I'll check it out and then I'll shout you out and tell people all about it. Maybe we can kind of spread the love around a little bit. Let's work as a giant community. Let's work together, man. Let's like quit doing all this Instagram you know, position jockeying and trying to keep up with the Joneses and be cooler than the other guy. It's like too much competition. There's too much competition on Instagram. And to be quite honest, people trying way too hard to be deep and philosophical with their thoughts. Um, but far be it from me to be judgmental. Um, but yeah, let's get together and let's work together on stuff. That's what this whole podcast is intended to be. It's a platform for all of us to talk about our stories and share our experiences. And we can all, we all can't be everywhere. We've only got so much life to live and for most of us, a very finite amount of money. So like, let's share stuff. Let's see the world through each other's eyes. That's what all of this was intended to be from the beginning. And I will build it until we get there. But I got to have your help. You guys got to share your stories. Get on board. Um, also, Speaking of having your help, please rate, review, and subscribe. That, need those. Very much need those to help the show grow. Anyway, I need to touch on just a little bit of housekeeping, just to kind of give you guys an idea of what's going on in the Wayward Sons world. I have recently taken another job, and it is a was a big decision. These last two or three weeks have been a little bit of a personal hell wrestling with that decision. But in the end, I think it is the proper thing for me to do, but it's a big change and it's a big transition. Still going to be working for big purple, just in a different set of circumstances. It's going to require me to travel for two weeks at a time and then be off work for two weeks at a time. Um, it's a big step up on every level for me personally, but it's also going to create like some time crunches, which is gives me two weeks to record basically four episodes of the show. Haven't found out yet how it's going to be on the road. If I can record on the road, I'd rather, you know, move the old mobile studio out there on the road with me. 
but we're not going to do that in the first go out, which is happening this coming weekend. Um, so this week I've get to record three episodes, one for this week, one for the next two weeks, just to make sure I have content coming out for you guys. And, uh, we'll have to play it by ear from there, but got a lot going on. I'm going to try to stay on point tonight with this episode. So stay focused and stay on track. Y'all bear with me. Understand that that's kind of what's going on in my world. Um, it does have certain perks too. Like I will be traveling again some, so maybe we can get some fresh new content and some fresh new experiential videos out there on the YouTube channel. My first go is going to be very near Mammoth Cave in Kentucky. There's a lot of hiking and things to do up there. If I have enough time when I'm off work, maybe we can squeeze some more content out for you guys. Um, but that's what's going on in Justin's world. I hope all is well in your world. So let's get on with the episode. What are we going to be talking about tonight? Where are we going? Justin, shut up about your personal life. We don't care. Not at all. We just need to be entertained. And you're not even that great at entertaining, but I'm out of other podcasts to listen to. So get on with it. All right. Getting on with it. Where are we going? We are going to Mammoth Springs, Arkansas, right here in my home state. But dad, you say, that sounds boring. Why? Why are we going there? Why can't we go to Six Flags? Because, because we'll go to Six Flags another time. This time, we're going to Mammoth Springs because it's not boring. It has a lot of awesome things to do there. And old dad here, old wayward son, digs it quite a lot. And we're going to talk about it tonight. What is Mammoth Springs? Mammoth Springs is only the third largest natural spring in the United States. It is only the seventh largest natural spring in the entire world. It is a big hole in the ground that pumps out nine and a half million gallons of water an hour at a consistent 58 degrees Fahrenheit year round. Let that sink in for a minute. What that means is to all of you kayakers and floaters and canoers and fishermen out there and people who just love to lay on the banks of the river, when we get into the dog days of August, Here in Arkansas, when it is hot as hell, I think we've used a few different phrases for that over the last 16 episodes. Um, Like, what do we have? We had Hell's Threshing Floor, I think was mentioned. Um, Satan's Acres, Satan's Back 40 may have made it in. If it didn't, it got cut. It should have made it in. Um, It's hot in August in the South, y'all, just period. The heat with the humidity, it's it's hell on earth. Um, And in those months... All of our beautiful float rivers, like the Kings River, the Buffalo River, the um, Cossatot River, the Mulberry River, in those months, without a really heavy rain that pops in every once in a while, they're not very floatable. There's a whole lot of dragging. Not so with the Spring River. Located in the Ozarks, in north-central Arkansas, it is always going to have the exact same flow rate and the exact same water temperature year-round. And that is the major draw of Mammoth Springs, Arkansas, is the Spring River. But there are oh so many other little things that you can check out, and we're going to talk about a little bit of all of them tonight. From an adventure I took last August, when it was hotter than Hell's Acres, and there were no rivers to be floated. I had things that I wanted to do with my life, and one of them included a little bit of a respite from the everyday world and getting out and doing something. 
Tonight will be a little different, maybe, from previous episodes that we've done. Um, this is much less of like a backcountry wilderness thing and more of a, probably going to be more like what you would call like a travelogue tonight. It is a little bit more of a touristy kind of thing, um, a little bit more of a vacation-esque type of thing, or any of my British listeners, and I know y'all are out there because you told me you like how I say y'all. Well, I like how you guys say vacation when you pronounce it holiday. So, this is a little bit of a holiday and less of a backcountry wilderness thing, but it's still all centered on the great outdoors because it's going to be all about floating and fishing and wonderful natural occurrences in the world like this which happens to be Arkansas's only national natural monument that's a hard designation to earn by the way very few places have it like you know Grand Canyon Browns Canyon um, Yosemite things like that um, kind of a big deal it's a really cool place um, so let's get to talking about it Mammoth Springs itself is a very I hate to use the word quaint because it's become used in such a patronizing way and it's not meant that way by definition it just means like a little bit simpler a little bit you know less complicated than the rest of the world but people use quaint now like we here in the south of the united states use bless your heart which does not mean for any of y'all out there that thinks when you hear somebody with a southern drawl say oh honey bless your heart they don't mean bless your heart they mean something completely different it's the polar opposite of what you might think it means. Um, we here in the South are well aware of that. And you want to talk about seeing daggers shot from eyeballs across an aisle when someone says, oh, honey, bless your heart, like it's about to go down. But quaints become used in that kind of way, and I don't think it should be in this case, but it's the only word I can think of. It's a really neat little town, a little bit frozen in a different time frame. And that's part of what I love about it. Any of you guys that are like close to my age, 40 and up, do y'all remember what it was like traveling in the 80s and the 90s as a kid? The kind of hotels and the kind of little cafes you would eat breakfast in when your parents were dragging your ass across the country to God knows where to do who knows what. There's a little bit of that still going on. There's a little bit of that still going on in Mammoth Springs. And it took me back to a different time in my life. And a time that probably wasn't as complicated or as traumatic. No, no, that was a pretty traumatic time. But it had its high points. And those little vacations, those little holidays were the high points. And you get a little bit of that in Mammoth Springs. We're going to talk about it. So I went up there last August with the intention of really the intention of just chilling for the weekend. Getting a place to stay because, I, like I said... Heat of August in Arkansas, you know, one thing I've learned, I've done my time in the backcountry. I've done my time on, you know, long distance overnight hikes on overnight floats. I've done my time in search and rescue, staying here and there. And God knows where you can sleep about anywhere in any conditions. You know, you live a lifestyle like me, you get used to that. But as I'm getting older, and any of you guys watching on YouTube, you can see it right there in my beard. As I'm aging, I found that it's not always enjoyable to be miserable. Isn't that weird? The older you get, the less you enjoy being miserable. And what's probably weirder than that is how when you're young, you kind of enjoy being miserable. That's weird. Anyway, so I'll stay in a hotel here and there occasionally, especially in the dead of winter or the heat of summer if I'm going to travel. Because to be quite honest, I actually want to go on a trip and enjoy it. And not being able to sleep all night because you're being eaten alive by hummingbird-sized mosquitoes 
and sweating your junk off in the middle of August in a tent or a hammock somewhere. It's just not, it's not, it's not awesome. So do a little bit of staying in hotels here and there. And I stayed in one on this trip. Stayed in what was the Riverside or is the Riverside Trout Lodge. And this hotel, I want to be very careful and I want to be very fair about it. They were remodeling rooms. I'm sorry, I dropped my Sharpie. Um, They were remodeling rooms. I just didn't get one of the rooms that was remodeled. Um, And this is part of that 1980s nostalgia. The decor, um, it hadn't been updated probably since about then. Um, So it very much had that feel of staying in a hotel back when I was a young child traveling, you know, the region, not the country, that's for sure. Um, But it was a really cool place to stay. And it was a little bit high. It was around $90 a night. But it was it was a really cool place to stay, even though it was a little outdated and I didn't get an updated room. Because I stayed on the second floor of this thing, and the back of your room has like a little patio, like a little deck. And you're high on a bluff above the Spring River below you. So I got in there late at night. Super awesome people. They were super helpful about accommodating our late arrival, my travel partner and I's late arrival. Um, on a night after work, drive four and a half hours across the state to get there, get there like nine thirty, ten o'clock at night. But going back out on that back deck at night and you can see and hear the spring river below you. I mean, gosh, probably 80 to a hundred feet lower than you. It's on the other side of railroad tracks. So every so often you'd get this like train come rolling through and you could watch it pass by. And there was just something really cool about that. Like you may hear train and think, Oh God, like that's going to be noisy and loud. It's like, it wasn't really. It's way below you. The sound doesn't carry quite as terribly as you thought think it did. And it was actually just kind of a neat little addition to everything. And that was a really cool place to kind of kick back and unwind for the night, looking down over the river. Um, and it was just, it was a neat little lodge and it's right in the middle of Mammoth Springs. So it's right in the heart of everything you're going to be getting into up here. And I recommend it. I just recommend requesting and trying to get, say, an updated room if you have that possibility. There are several places to stay, and we'll talk about them a little bit later. But get up the next day, and the whole goal was basically to spend the day just in the river. Just go down to an access and swim all day and fish because it is a premier trout and walleye fishery. Also, they're a smallmouth. And this stretch between Mammoth Springs and a place called Hardy, it's about a 17-mile stretch of river. It's one of the premier, well, the premier trout and walleye stream in Arkansas and it's one of the better in the nation it's a great place to catch some fish so the whole goal was to just stay in the nice cool water all day fish all day get a bunch of sun check out the state park itself we're going to talk about it too um but what ended up happening is as we kind of got to kicking around and getting together and eating breakfast and talking to people it was like you you've got to float the river don't just go down there and set your butt in it. You need to float it. Like this is a huge draw. People come from all over the state and all over the region during the hottest months of the summer and even the coldest months of the winter because the water temperature is still 58 degrees, right? Like it's not down in the, the 40s. It stays the same all year. Like you have to do this. You're here. You have to do this. So we did. And our plans changed a little bit and we got ourselves put in kayaks. We called all over. There's a handful of outfitters up there that you can check out and check into, but none of them could accommodate us on such late notice in COVID year. 
the year that was 2020 where you had to have six months advance reservations for anything. Um, but we did find one that had a couple of kayaks. They were willing to put us out on, and it was Dam 3 Canoe and Kayak Rentals. I mentioned them at the top of the show and gave them that shout-out for a specific purpose, how accommodating they were. They helped us get on the river. They were super friendly in doing it and kind of went out of their way to do it. Like, they didn't put us in with a big group. They just had a couple of kayaks left, and they sort of kind of had to go out of their way just to cater to the two of us and get us on the river. And they deserve a shot at your business, I think, because of that. And props for it, if nothing else. But they got us out on the river. Um, And this is just, this river is just amazing, guys. Like, of course, originally, it was just a big hole in the ground that a whole bunch of water came out of ancient native americans everyone you know water is the giver of life where there's water and consistent water there's always going to be traces of humanity as far back as it exists in that area um but in this day and age well let's start back with the industrial revolution along came the railroad in the 1880s and then along came a grist mill which brought along with it a little bit later a hydroelectric dam because i mean a consistent source of water constant flow Of course, of course, you're going to have a grist mill. Of course, you're going to have a hydroelectric dam. So there is a hand laid stonework dam that has the remnants of an old hydroelectric power generator within it right there that dams the waters of Mammoth Spring. But it literally it comes out. It is the origin source of the Spring River. Bam, it comes out of the ground. Boom, you got a river where there was no other river anywhere else. And once it comes over that dam it starts its way downstream and it has a couple of like little coffer dam type things that work their way down things to help regulate flow etc etc um it's all infrastructure related but it's all very ancient but you basically put in below dam three and you can float i think multiple different varying lengths you can go as far as hardy i think you probably go the length of the entire river but with outfitters i'm unsure but you start there and then you float down river and y'all it's crystal clear. It's beautiful. It is crystal clear. It is 58 degrees. The fishing was awesome. Like guys, I had such a great time on the spring river. Like we got out and we were fishing our way down it and I'd given my my phone, my camera to my travel buddy and had them filming me doing some fishing as we're floating because there's a real consistent flow i mean i just had my kayak pointed you know i had flipped around backwards facing back upstream because that's the easiest way to cast and work your lures back to you and i was just cruising backwards right headed down the river and just trying to get a little bit of footage to work into that video that i made that weekend and sure damn enough hooked a big old trout with a spinnerbait. Like I was after smallmouth and suddenly I've got a really large trout on the line. And no sooner did that happen, no sooner did I get that trout almost all the way to the kayak, it literally breaks the water. You can barely see it break the water on the video and then everything goes dark because things happened. For example, I'm floating backwards. I'm trying to land a rather large trout, a really healthy trout into a kayak. And about that time I hear my travel buddy saying an expletive. And I turned to look and found myself basically T-boning a strainer of sorts that had a cartoonishly large snake 
right there on the limb, right at eye level. Now this is all happening very fast and in a split second. I didn't have time to consider whether it was just a water snake or a water moccasin. I, to this day, am unsure of what kind of a snake it was, but what I can tell you is that it was nearly in my kayak at a time that I wouldn't have been okay with a snake being in my kayak. When my hands were full, I was facing backwards. There was no way to actually deal with that situation. And like, all I'm going to say is mistakes were made. Things went south. Pandemonium ensued. It was utter chaos. Beyond that, it was a great day because this river is amazing. Y'all, there are several small drop rapids within the river. You like how I'm just brushing right by that? We're just going to keep going. I ain't telling you all that story because it's a little bit humiliating. But we're going to cruise right on by it. Let's move on. There are several like single drop waterfalls. Um, they're kind of river wide. They're like a foot, foot and a half falls. They're kind of fun. You know, they're not white water. They're kind of fun. It's a real lazy river. It's a good river to get out there and just fish, catch sun, maybe drink a little bit. If that's legal, I can't remember if it is or not. I don't drink. I haven't drank and I quit drinking in 2011, I believe. Or 2012. I'd have to go look. I don't remember now. So that never affects me. But for a lot of you guys, I understand that that is a integral part of your river experience. Um, so you'd have to go check those regulations. I'm not going to take the time to do it right now. But it's that kind of river. It's a nice lazy river. It has a couple of good rapids in it that are just like little one drop waterfalls. They're a ton of fun to kind of surf on in your little rental kayak, you know, just nose right back into it and go up to where it's pouring over and it kind of pulls you into the fall and you can move back and forth and play around a little bit. Um, they're pretty, it's pretty good for that. The fishing on it's great below those single drop falls. Like the smallmouth were impeccable. They were awesome. Um, the trout was great. I didn't catch a walleye. Kind of probably glad I did. I've never walleye fished. I've never caught a walleye in my life. And, you know, all fish need to be handled a little bit differently, especially those that can be kind of northern species. Some of those dudes have teeth. Um, I like trout, for example. You don't lip a trout like you do a bass. You'll rip its poor little mouth off. Like, you have to grab them by the body. Like, there's different ways you need to handle them. And I might have been in trouble if I'd caught a walleye. Probably, if I ever go back, I'm going to have to make sure that I'm prepared for that eventuality. Um, but the fishing was amazing. The water felt actually almost too cold. Like, it was very cold. Like, you would get to baking on that kayak or in your canoe. You'll get up there and you'll start baking. And you're like, oh, I got to have some cold water. Boom, hit the water. And you want to talk about shock your system. You will find out if your heart is in good shape. But once you're in, it feels amazing. Like, don't let me turn you off of it. Once you're in, it feels amazing. But it will definitely wake you up. A um, little bit further down river towards the takeout, there was a couple places where the water got a little bit faster, had a little bit of a kind of bottlenecky type of thing, pushes the water a little bit quicker. And there was a couple of little keeper holes that actually formed against one bluff. The, the stream, the river kind of came out of a chute into a bluff. Not super fast, not like white water rateable, but it created a little bit of a keeper hole. And we found this out. I wouldn't have been able to tell you eyeballing it. And I'm pretty good at reading rivers, rivers these days. I wouldn't have been able to tell you by eyeballing it that it was a keeper hole. 
but a guy that we came up on just after it looked like he had just, his whole world had been wrecked and we stopped and I checked on him. He had just got hung in that keeper hole and had a moment, a real close moment. Like he was talking about, like, he's like, I I gave up. I couldn't breathe. I knew it was over and I even quit struggling. I gave up. Somebody had seen it happen and someone went in after him and got him. And I never met the person that went and got him. I think he was kind of like one of those, uh, Lone Ranger guys, he showed up, did the thing, and then went on down the river. Um, but this guy had a real close call. So even in real lazy rivers, y'all, this one does have nine and a half million gallons of water pouring out of it. Keep that in mind. Even water that looks fairly placid, water is powerful. You always have to be on your guard. And, you know, if you are intoxicated, it's a lot harder to be on that guard. So just keep that in mind. I'm not saying whether it did or did not play a role in that gentleman's situation. It did, but you have to be mindful of those kind of things. Um, but it's an absolutely, absolutely incredible little float trip and you can make it longer. I do believe there are several outfits. We use damn three. There are a few other ones. Um, let me see, which ones do we have? I'm going to look real quick on my iPad so I can tell you guys. We use Dam 3, which is right there close to Mammoth Springs. About 17 minutes down river driving by highway. You're not going to drive in the river, right? You're going to go down to Riverside Resort Camp and Canoe. And the further you go down, about another 10 minutes, you can get to Mini Islands Camp and Canoe Rental. And then closer to this little town of Hardy, you have Spring River Camp and Canoe. And then there are several little outfitters inside of this town of Hardy. Three Rivers Outfitters is one of them. All of them I've done no real research on. You would have to call them up. You'd have to get on their website. You'd have to go on Google and check it out for yourself to see what kind of river adventures they offer. But the river itself is a great place to go. And all of those may be really good options for you. Damn three worked for us in a pinch. They were there, they were close, they were ready, and they put us out, and it worked out great for us, and we had a great, great time on the river. I want to take a second to tell you guys about tonight's sponsor, Survival Feeling. Survival Feeling is a hiking brand based in Greece, and they offer an assortment of gear that's aimed towards the goal of helping you better enjoy your time outside. And that is, of course, what we are all about here at Wayward Stories. I really like this company for a lot of reasons, but chief amongst them is that they were founded with giving back to the community in mind. They donate a portion of all proceeds to organizations like the Wildland Firefighters Foundation to help support those who work to keep us all safe while we're out there trying to find ourselves. We've partnered with them to bring you guys a unique coupon code that will save you wayward souls 15% off of your order. Go to survivalfeeling.com and use offer code waywardstories at checkout. I think you guys will like what they have to offer and what they're all about just as much as I do. Once again, that's survivalfeeling.com and use the offer code waywardstories. There are multiple things to do. Like, for example, we finished up our float. And when we finished the float, went back, ran back by the hotel to, you know, get your stuff back together and kind of figure out, okay, what am I going to do tonight? What are we going to do tonight? And then I'm always out there looking for something to take pictures of. Well, the state park there in Mammoth Springs encompasses the spring itself and the the remnants of the hydroelectric plant and the grist mill and all those kinds of things. And there are two outflow channels from the spring itself. It comes up in like a tiny lake, a big pond or a tiny lake. And it kind of just emerges from the ground, 80 feet deep, nine and a half million gallons an hour worth of water. 
and it goes out either one of these two outflow channels and it's very beautiful. It's landscaped beautifully. It is beautifully maintained. It's absolutely a little gem of a state park for the state of Arkansas. The state should be very proud of that park. It is gorgeous. Um, and that water pouring out those two little outflow channels creates some really, really great long exposure photography opportunities because the greenery is beautiful. It's lush. There's lots of different colored flowers. I've got pictures. Some of my top pictures for me personally and my own personal book of pictures I've taken came from that night there in Mammoth Springs because it's just such a picturesque setting. It is perfect for nature and landscape photography for any of you photographers out there. So what we had done is decided to go check out the state park and see how much time we could kill there um, until basically dinner time. We did a pretty early float. So we went, looked around, kind of hiked around and I, I eyeballed it. I was like, this is going to be great. This is going to be great for some long exposure, but it's a bright, sunshiny day. We're going to have to wait for the sun to cross off the horizon. So we decided, okay, well, we'll kill the afternoon, go have dinner. Just had a couple hours left till dark, and then we'll come back, and we will check out this for some long exposure photography. So what we did in that time frame is, number one, there is, for any of you history nerds like myself or railroad buffs out there, which I also happen to be a little bit of a low-level Railroad nerd. I love railroads. The oldest depot in the state of Arkansas. It's the original St. Louis and San Francisco passenger depot there in Mammoth Springs, built in 1886 in the old Victorian style. And it is beautifully restored. It has a museum inside of it. It has life-size wax figurines of different people of the day, like the ticket masters and the, the porters and the different people and customers, passengers, and all these different kinds of people are represented there for you to go in and kind of see what life looked like in the 1880s and 1890s in, in rural Arkansas. And they even have a full-size original St. Louis, San Francisco caboose restored outside that you can explore. You'd have to check right now. Um, we're into Jul June of 2021. I don't know what COVID restrictions are in all Arkansas state parks right now. Last year, we didn't get to access some of those things because of COVID restrictions. And I do actually intend to go back for another float and to be able to explore that museum a little further. Super cool. Right next to an active rail line. So like, again, if you like those things, if you like trains and you like history, you're going to have a pretty good time right there in the old state park. Free admission, by the way. So we went and we checked that out and killed a good solid hour working our way through that. And I worked on my YouTube video um, for the channel. And then it got about time for dinner between Mammoth Springs and Thayer, Missouri, which is literally like two miles away. Right. The state line is right in between the two. And there's literally like a 60 second or 90 second drive from the outskirts of Mammoth Spring into Thayer, Missouri. But between the two, you can choose from, let's see, I think I have listed these out. Okay, far as food goes, there's a fish house, there is a bistro. You do have like a Dairy Queen, an old DQ, there's a Sonic, you know, there's a couple of little things like that where... I ate dinner that night where we ate dinner was called the River Bend Restaurant. And it is right above the river, right above Mammoth Springs, right above the dam. And it's up elevated and you can set out on their deck and eat dinner on this beautiful little deck overlooking 
the river coming out of Mammoth Springs and working its way down the valley and see all the little people down there fishing and camping along in the Mammoth Springs RV park, which is one of your options for staying, by the way. If you want to camp right in the heart of everything, right there on the state park, you can camp in Mammoth Springs RV park. But we had dinner that night at this restaurant overlooking the river, overlooking the valley, overlooking the sunset as it came down through the forest. It was absolutely beautiful. It was a great dinner. They made some great food, some good old-fashioned southern-style greasy fried food, the kind that we all know and love so well. They do it well, and it's a beautiful setting to have dinner in. And then after that, we went back down to the spring to the state park, and I did my long exposure, and I got some pictures, some photographs, some captures that I was really, really, really happy with. That's a lot of moving water and the obstacles that are placed in that little channel to help slow the flow and break up the flow create some really awesome long exposure opportunities for you guys. Also, we're right in the middle of like dragonfly season apparently. I don't know if it's like dragonfly mating season or it's the dark harvest has come, but there's dragonflies everywhere. Whatever it is, there's a crap ton of dragonflies out on the river, especially though over the spring. And you want to talk about that moment. We've talked about the experience and what it means to me and what I think it means to a lot of you guys. That's one of those moments. A really hot August afternoon in the South. And there are dragonflies moving over the stillness of the water. Like the water, there's nine and a half billion gallons pumping out, but across the surface of that lake, it's still glass still. All the rumblings are beneath the surface, right? And it's just an absolutely gorgeous moment. After the sunset, your dusk is upon you. The stillness, the quiet, the locusts are starting to do their thing. You can hear the frogs out through the lily pads. You are in a state park and you're right next to a state highway. I'm not telling you it's anything other than that. But there's silence in those moments. There's stillness in those moments. And that was a really neat evening. That was a really neat night to get to hang out there and take those pictures and go over and check out the hydroelectric dam, which is impressive all itself. That old dam, hand-cut, hand-laid stonework dam, big one, big old dam. Don't think it's like some small little thing. It's a pretty good-sized dam for this water to be pouring over. Just really neat. A lot of really cool little stuff there to do right in the state park. After that, go back to the old Riverside Trout Lodge and all of its glorious 1980s nostalgic decor and sit on the balcony and just watch the little trains go by every hour or two and then see the river down there below it and hear the river in the background. Um, it was a really neat night. So the next day, it's come home day, but there's still some stuff to do. I got to looking around like I don't ever want to come home at like 11 on the day I have to come home. We found that there was a little bit of hiking to be done at another really cool place called the Grand Gulf State Park. The Grand Gulf State Park is in and of itself a national natural landmark. That's again a tough status to get, but what is Grand Gulf State Park? Well, it's nine miles from Mammoth Springs and just so happens to be a part of the whole same system. And I'm going to read to you about Grand Gulf State Park so I don't get it wrong. We're going to do this from Wikipedia. Grand Gulf State Park in Missouri, just across the line from Mammoth Springs. 
Grand Gulf State Park is a state-operated, privately owned, and publicly accessible geologic preserve near Thayer, Missouri, encompassing a forked canyon that is the remnant of an ancient collapsed dolomite cave system. But first of all, let's just talk about this for a second. Wrap your brain around this. It's state-operated, privately owned, but publicly accessible. Like, there's a little bit of a tongue twister for the brain, trying to wrap your brain around how that works. Um, Grand Gulf was declared a national natural landmark in 1971, and it's an excellent example of karst topography and underground stream piracy. 60-acre portion of the park was designated by the state as the Grand Gulf Natural Area in 1986. Um, it's a really, guys, this is a really neat place. This is like a huge cave system that the stream itself went underground over thousands, hundreds of thousands of years, however long, eroded the sandstone, and then the whole roof of it collapsed, and it became a giant gulf, which is nearly a mile long and up to 130 feet deep with sheer sides. It has one uncollapsed part of the original cavern roof, and that spans 250 feet, and it creates one of the largest natural bridges in the state of Missouri. A watershed of 28 square miles feeds into this quote-unquote gulf, which itself drains into a cave entrance at its eastern end. Dye traces have shown that the water entering the cave in Grand Gulf, and here's the connection, emerges one to four days later at Mammoth Springs in Arkansas, nine miles distant. So a good portion of that nine million gallons of water an hour that's coming out of Mammoth Springs comes from this. That's what feeds Mammoth Springs. It's the water that runs underground into this, basically caverns that become one channelized main feature in Mammoth Spring all across the upper Ozark Highlands there. Like, how cool is that? This cave right here, well, this collapsed cave, what is known as Grand Gulf, was a big, is a big contributor to the spring. You can go here and you can hike around. They have a 2.1 kilometer interpretive trail where you will gain 45 meters of elevation if you stay on the trail. And you don't have to. This was surprising to me. You do not have to stay on the trail. You can actually go down in the Grand Gulf if you're there at a time of year where it doesn't happen to be full of water. Um, we were there and there was some water in it in places, but you can go off trail and walk under that giant natural bridge. You can go down into the Gulf and it says that on the website for Missouri State Parks. You're allowed to do that. It just tells you to be careful. But like, it's not like no trespassing like you might expect for a national natural landmark. Yeah, that that's an interesting thought, but it's right there on Missouri State Parks website. I double checked it myself because I wanted to go down in there. It's just the conditions weren't right when we were there. The trail around it's got some beautiful views, which in my experience was we were there in summer. It would be much better viewed in fall or winter. Just saying when the leaves are off, it would be much better views of it. It was hard for us to get some of the good views. But as you go around the big hiking trail, there are, I mean, they've got steps built, you know, they've got wooden platforms built and steps and places to view. There's some, it's, it's really well done. And you can go check out the whole thing and get a little bit of a hike in and see this really cool landmark. I mean, guys, to be honest, it's quite impressive. It's quite impressive. Some people call it like the little Grand Canyon. Oh, no, it ain't that impressive. Not by, not by a far cry. But it is a really cool thing to see. 
and that's right there about 15 minutes from Mammoth Springs where you're staying. And that's what we kind of did that day before we left. We went up there and we hiked around it. We finished up or actually turned that into another video for my YouTube all on its own and um, had a really great time doing it. So up here, we've got fishing. We've got floating on the river. We've got all kinds of things we can do. And you can throw hiking into the mix too and see another national natural landmark another really cool thing right up the road it's um it was really cool it's a very interesting place to go and i definitely suggest that you do if you go to mammoth springs you should definitely go up and give an hour of your time to grand gulf state park in missouri it's a really really neat place oh my gosh and i almost forgot where i ate breakfast that morning before we went up to Grand Gulf. When you go across the state line two minutes into Thayer, Missouri, there is a place called the Country Cottage in Thayer. And this is kind of going back to what I mentioned early on in the episode about every little town way back in the day in the 80s and the 90s and I'm sure in the 70s too, but I wasn't alive then. Had that one little cafe in every town where all the old timers sat and griped about politics, talked about the weather, and drank their coffee and smoked their cigarettes or whatever, their pipes, and ate breakfast. And it always had this very specific smell to it and very specific kind of tables with a very specific kind of chairs. And I promise you, if you know what I'm talking about, I didn't even have to describe those tables and those chairs and that smell. And I promise you, you can see them in your head right now, can't you? Can't you? You can. And that's exactly what this country cottage was like. It was a neat little old school greasy spoon breakfast spot and I had a really awesome greasy spoon little breakfast and it came back to haunt me but it was worth it it was totally worth it that's the kind of place that's that's kind of what this whole area up there is like guys it's got a certain nostalgia to it it's got a certain feel to it that took me back 30 years it took me back to 10 years old. It took me back to eight years old. It took me back to a different time, and it was really, really neat. And there's so much cool stuff up here to check out. A free state park with a free, awesomely redone, remodeled, and preserved historic passenger depot for the railroad right along an active main line, right along site. All these things are there. All these things are there to go check out, guys. And it was just, it was a great little trip. For the heat of August to get away for a little while cost a couple hundred bucks simply because I chose to stay in comfort instead of in a park. But again, as I told you, you've got the well, you can you can camp at the Mammoth Springs RV park if you're wanting to stay right there in Mammoth Springs. But also you can go down river that 15 minutes and you can go to Saddler's Saddler Falls or Riverside resorts and they have rvs that are they have rv spots they have camping they probably have cabins you'd have to look into that both of those i'm pretty sure can also put you on the river so if you wanted a little bit more of a wilderness-esque experience i think you could stay with them right there on the water from what i can tell and have them put you on the water all at once but those are options that you have um all in all guys like this is a neat little getaway trip it'd be great for you to take your family um or just, you know, a little romantic trip if you have that in mind. Or just, you know, just to get away for yourself, guys. I mean, it's just, 
it's throwback. It's a little bit old school, but it's got some amazing things to do there. The river, you've got two to three full days of things to go do, depending on your taste, depending on your interest, depending on your outdoor passions. There's plenty to do to keep you busy up there. It's slower paced. It's quieter. It's just like exactly what I needed that weekend and probably exactly what some of you guys need. If I wanted to sum it up in a nutshell, I would just say simply this. There's three different hotels, an Airbnb, and three to five campgrounds for you to choose from in price ranges that range from reasonable to not so reasonable. There's a lot of nostalgia waiting for you. There is an ice cold, constant flow of water for you to fish, swim, catch sun on for the whole summer, and it never deviates. There's some history. There's a state park. There's a lot of natural beauty. There's a lot of natural things around to go do. There's hiking. There's plenty to keep you busy. There's plenty to give you a good weekend away. Um, But I think that's all I've got for you tonight. I think I've covered everything that I can cover from that trip. So we're going to wrap this episode up by me saying thank you once again for joining us. I'd like to ask you to rate, review, and subscribe if you can, if you have the chance, and if your heart felt so merciful, because we really need those ratings. We need those subscriptions. It's how we become viewable to other people. Um, We really need you guys to submit your stories. We want to share this experience with everyone. We want everyone to be involved. That is like my vision of the world that would make me happy is that we all together just enjoying each other's company and enjoying each other's stories. And you can do that by sending your story to mywaywardstory at gmail.com or you can go to the website for your all-in-one place to do everything where you can catch my Instagram, my Twitter, my personal Facebook page, our private pages, our Patreon account, um, photo galleries, the whole nine. You can listen to the podcast over there right from the front page at waywardstories.com. And, you know, as always, like I say, You guys be good to each other. Hang on for one more week. We're going to get it through it all. And I'll be back next week to talk to you guys about something new, which I haven't decided quite yet what that's going to be. But I promise you, I will try to make it entertaining, even if it doesn't end up being entertaining. Y'all get out there, find something good to do in the world and make the world a little bit better place. Rocky. The mountaintop awaits. Carry on.